Hi, I'm Betsy Beers, and I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, and The Catch, or as we like to call it, TGIT, the Shondaland block of shows on Thursday nights on ABC. And I'm so happy to be joining you guys again. I've missed you over the past week that I wasn't blabbing in your ear over strange podcast vessels. Because actually, I'm here today with somebody who you all know, and who I know you all adore the same way that we do, and actually came straight from set when she could have gone home, but she came here to sit in my office with me and have a conversation about my favorite topic, Grey's Anatomy. And that would be the lovely Jessica Capshaw, who, of course, plays Dr. Arizona Robbins. That's me. That's you, Arizona Robbins. You. Thank you so much for coming. Thank Thank you you so much for doing this. That was the first thing I knew about my character was my name. I was just about to actually bring that up. Was I remember. First thing I knew. Was like Arizona Robbins. And I mean, imagine if you're waiting. I mean, I was waiting with bated breath because I just, you know how much I wanted to be on the show. And we wanted you on the show. And I mean, I remember calling my agent, Rick, and being like, did you talk to Betsy? Did you talk to to Betsy yet? Did you talk to her today? Did you talk to her her next week? And I got an email from the production office with my name, which was Arizona Robbins. I was at my sister's freshman year parents weekend. I went with them to go see her Uh because she was also going to the same school that I went to. We were at dinner and I got the email on my BlackBerry. Now I'm an iPhone girl, but it was my BlackBerry oh, back then. I had the BlackBerry then. The too. dear sweet BlackBerry. I loved it with it a little so button so I could press. I could like. I know it was fast on that thing. I was so freaking fast, man. Yeah, yeah. Brick Breaker too, by the way. Brick, oh, brick Breaker changed my life yeah. too. I know. Well, I still miss Brick Breaker. All the a lot. hours of my life it sucks. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Looked at my BlackBerry. Saw my name rushed into the dinner that they were having. Meanwhile, I was really trying to have it be all about my sister that weekend because, you know, well, there's seven <laughs> kids and it just didn't need to be about me. But I, like, pulled my mom aside, my dad, my mom and dad. I was like, okay, so my name is Arizona Robbins. And, like, at that point, everyone was so excited that I was so excited about doing it that they were true, in the true parental passionate moment, were like, yay! Meanwhile, I was like, oh, I mean, it's just a name. <laughs> like, we were super excited about it. And I guess, what, Hammer. Hammer, Mark Wilding. Yes. I always... Because he's so often called Hammer, I always go like, is his name Mark Hammer or Mark Wilding? <laughs> Anyways, Mark Hammer Wildling. I made him a wildling. Now he's on Game of Thrones. He's like, which is Mark- awesome. He's so happy to be on Game of Thrones because winter's coming. And he's happy. He's going to get, yes. Um, he said, I guess he's got two boys. And he said if yes. he ever had a girl, that he and his wife tossed around the idea of naming the daughter Arizona is the story he told me. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he sold me. And maybe he then sold it to Shonda. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's a liar. And okay, I think, I great. Think, so there you go. And as we all know, you guys, we called Mark Wilding the hammer because he's not. He's, not, he's, a, really, <laughs> he's a really, really nice guy. Although when he gets pissed off, he actually is very hammer-like. He's terrified. I've seen him a little riled up. He, and also because... There's a little winter in him. There's a little bit of winter is coming in him. Exactly. And he, he gets all red. Yes, he, he flushes does. all yes, red and becomes yes, very British Isles on your oh, ass. You're making it's me miss the hammer. See, it's, it's like the hammer's out there. He's and around. Pete Nowak. And Pete Nowak. I know. Pete, she's pointing to grave. this book on my on my coffee table in my office, which Pete Nowak wrote, you guys, before I met him. And it's the assistant's handbook. It's a guide to being an assistant in Hollywood. And it's high hysterical. And he wrote it with another assistant. I think he gave it to me when we first started working together, and I was so impressed that he was so multifaceted. He also was a fellow graduate of Brown University. Yes, he was. Fine school. Fine school. Very fine school. Look what it produced. Yeah, there you go. Before we keep going, I want everyone to know that Jessica's looking gorgeous today in a (laughs) 
a blue sort of denim color shirt with a its button bit. down. Yeah, it is a little button down. It's, it's got a little country in it. It, it does. Just it a does. tiny bit because she's got some white buttons going on there. Yeah, it is. It's produced by Gwyneth Paltrow. So, you know, a little country. And a little bit of a cap sleeve. A little bit. A little bit. You've got, the Gwenny, right you've got the Gwenny thing going, which is, <laughs> it's an interesting combination of stylistic attributes. Exactly. And it works. And proportions. Um, in a pair of like cute white jeans Just that white might jeans be kind too. of almost Capri length. They might be a little cropped. A little bit. A little, little cropped. cropped. Yep. And then I'm going to tell you guys, <laughs> these shoes are kind of like balls out freaktastic. <laughs> These shoes are fancy. They're a talking point. Justin yeah. Chambers had a really good time talking about them this morning. They are the Gucci. They are the Gucci. They are the Gucci, but not only are they the Gucci, but they're loafers and the heels, you guys, have big freaking pearls all the way around them. <laughs> not real ones. Which are, which I hope they're not real because that would be super worrisome. But they're great pieces of like costume pearlery they and they're pretty amazing. They make me happy. They make well, me they happy. made me, you walked in the first thing. I didn't even right? look at your face. I was like, nope, just the shoes. Look, just the shoes. look at the kicks it's on true. that girl. It's true. My gosh. It's true. So this episode is kind of the first episode that you and Nathan Riggs, another guy, by the way, who was totally stymied by his name, Martin yes. Henderson. I have such a good time working with Martin Henderson. Those scenes in this episode with you two were so cute. Hysterical. I mean, he makes me laugh. Doesn't he? Yes. He's very, very funny. In this really Mostly, odd, dry way. I laugh at him. That's the fun of Martin Henderson. Yeah, and he'll take it. No, that's the fun of Martin Henderson. Yeah. You just uh -huh. laugh. You make fun of him. Yeah. And he enjoys it <laughs> immensely. And then he kind of gets this like nose crinkle and yeah. everything gets all squished together. His face all squishes <laughs> towards his mouth. And it's yes. super entertaining. But he's a good sport about it, you know? I had this joke with him about, about age. I just kind of kept poking the bear and telling him that I thought he, that when I first met him, I thought he was like, no, no, Barton, I thought you were like, aren't you about to be like 50? <laughs> and he was red hot pit. This is a boss holler. That's really funny. <laughs> and he was like, no. <laughs> Everything about him was not happy about that. But he was trying to be graceful about it. So He's, He tries so hard. I mean, I've given him such crap about things every once in a while. And he's just, he's so gracious about stuff. Like, he's strangely nice. He's the nicest. He's the nicest man in nice town. Like, he, he so really, nice. really is. And you guys are really funny together in this episode, I think. I also, I, do like I love the interaction with you and Maggie. And I mean, everyone's really hard on Maggie in this episode because Maggie's I just know. trying to get over the death of her mom. I know. She didn't screw up that surgery. She just was no. waiting a beat. She was you got better. all up in her face about that. I was kind when we were actually doing it because I said, I said this is not right, guys. Why am I yelling at her? And you were kind. You're kind okay, and firm. All right. You're okay, kind good. and firm. That's an Arizona move. But also, you keep cutting to the gallery and everyone's super concerned with good reason. What's great about this episode is you understand every single person's point of view and you don't really side with anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that whole thing with like Richard discovering that you're having essentially an illicit relationship. Mm -hmm. I understand everyone's points. I know. I got to tell you, I think this thing with Bailey and Richard is just, it has dragged on a bit. I was glad to see that that sort of got put to bed too. Yes, that they're, that they're back. Because they're eating together. Yes, because they're so good together. They're we the best, need them together. They're, they're like also the best comedy routine I've seen. Oh my gosh. He doesn't even, you know, I get a little aggravated with him because he doesn't even have to try. I know, to he be just funny. stands He's there. Not, yes, he just says his line. He like did nothing. He puts no shoulder into it. Sometimes I do some seriously heavy lifting. Him, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. He does not break a sweat. Nothing makes me crack up harder at a table read than Richard Weber. Because he's kind of like, he yes. plays like the straight man where it's like, every, he's sort of impervious to everyone else's, again, we just all have to do so much more work. He's, he does nothing and he's just funny. He's just it's funny. It's just crazy. But his nothing is something. 
It's crazy. Now, we just celebrated a big, big anniversary. We just celebrated the 12-year anniversary of being on the air. Wow. Isn't that nuts? It's kind of nuts. I, I remember watching the pilot. I watched it, I don't even think I watched it on TV, but I think I watched it in real time with my husband. And it was, I was saying to the ladies earlier, we both watched it and went, this is our new show. We're totally going to watch this show together. It's going to be appointment television because it's Sunday night. That's right. And we loved it. Yeah, I remember watching it too. I had a slightly different experience. but Having a heart attack? I had some friends over and we watched it and I was communicating with Shonda throughout the pilot. And then my job the next day was to get the ratings and call Shonda and tell her what the ratings were. I took my job very seriously and I looked at the ratings and I had no idea what they meant. So I called my ex-husband who used to write TV and his idea of the ratings were 10 years old. So he heard the ratings and he went, oh, this is really, really bad. So I called Sean and I said, I don't think they're very good. She said, really? And so we started looking at them or looking at them over the phone. And she said, it's so weird. My cell phone keeps ringing. And I said, I know mine's ringing too. But anyway, Okay, so maybe if we did this, this, and this, and she said, no, 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 really, it's ringing. It's like, keeps ringing. And she picked up the phone, and everybody was like, these ratings are really good. So I never spoke to my ex-husband around ratings again, needless never. to say, because he was freaking wrong. Well, he was, yeah, it was super wrong. He was 10 in years a, old in a, wrong. In an important moment. In an important moment where I think he was expecting us to get like a 12 or something. I have very, very distinct memories, and also being so pleased that anybody watched it, because we had no idea that anybody so was, was going to watch it. So we were episode is super, so super psyched. I watch it every year. Right? Yeah, I watched it. This year actually was interesting because I watched it again. And I, mean, I watched it just because I like to remember what show I love so much that I wanted to become a part of and everything else. But then this year I did something different too, which is I went back to the beginning of my character. That's what I was going to say you should do. the first couple episodes of my being on the show. And it was actually really, my husband came in when I was doing it and he's like, what are you doing? Like, you don't get enough of yourself? <laughs> Why are you doing this again? And I said, um, no, honey, I don't get enough of myself. No, but I um, I watched it. Because you're always around. Yes, exactly, like, exactly. Leave me, leave, me and my, leave me and myself alone. No, just, just 10 seconds so I can enjoy myself for 10 seconds. Jeez. Gosh. So I watched it again, and I actually felt like it was incredibly, incredibly valuable. So do you, when you think about that, so how do you feel about your character now? How do you feel like your character's changed? When you look at yourself now versus then, what do you come up with in your big brain? This season has been an incredible opportunity to go back to who she started as. There has been so much that's happened. This season felt different in that it felt as though we left last season thinking and imagining that in Shondaland that the beautiful partnership that was Cali and Arizona left in a really good place. Yeah. That, that you could actually be happy and imagine that in Shondaland, Cali was in New York in a successful and meaningful relationship that we'd all seen and, and also championed and had this wonderful life. And there is Arizona left to also perhaps now get on with her life and find her, her joy, find her happiness, find maybe fall in love, maybe, you know, maybe a lot of things, but all of it just had a lot of potential and there was a lot of promise. And that's how I felt about the beginning of playing her. So when I went back to the beginning, I wanted to see how I had started her with all that promise and not knowing, because again, you have to remember, although, I mean, it's like the same story over and over again. When I came, I had no idea how long I was going to stay. I had no idea who I was meant for. Justin Chambers and I both thought that that was where, that I was heading for him at the time. So it was all like a big guessing game. Like no one knew what was going to happen. And you look back on those episodes and there's a beauty to not knowing what's going to happen. And sort of being able to, you know, live in that and, and honor that. So it was really fun. I loved watching it. So I, so I feel like that's informed this season for me I as think far as how I played it. I keep thinking, I love this season because I do believe like this season was 
and last season in a different way, but it's like everybody's sort of getting a reboot. And the sisters who are like living together, like Callie and Arizona had this profound relationship, but there was so much baggage. I mean, between like the car crash and the baby and the leg and the, you know, resentment and the fact that all these trust issues. And it's sort of like they grew up together in a relationship. And then they went off to have, as you said, with Callie, she's gone off to have hopefully a happy relationship. And Arizona gets to have fun again. Yeah. (laughs) Which, God bless her in her cotton socks. She deserves some fun. Yes, yes, I think so. Just a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, Speaking of fun, many people have many questions for you. What are they? Oh, so many. Let's talk about them. Um, Let's talk about it. Sarfat Igron. I'm sure you pronounced that correctly. (laughs) I'm sure you did not pronounce that correctly. Okay, so the fun of this is listening to me mispronounce people. Sarfat. Sarfatagron wants to know, what do you most want to see Arizona doing that she hasn't done yet? I would like to see... Another episode that I went back and watched was the birthday episode where she loses Sweet Wallace. It's not fun. That's not the right word. Um, It's very satisfying to have storylines where I get to play her being challenged, sort of doing the background research of how to figure out that challenge, and then tackling that challenge, and then whether it's a victory or a loss, playing those things. So that's not very concrete, but I do love when she gets the the sort of meaty medicals and can sort of deconstruct them. And then, and then I really like when she's personally invested in the medical. You know, that was one of the great things, I think, about the Gina Davis guest arc. Yeah. Because yeah. that's one of my favorite things in the history of the show, the relationship between you two and that. It was really fun watching Arizona learn mm-hmm. and also just continually have to challenge herself and rise to the occasion. And sometimes on this show, you forget with the more experienced doctors, because everybody seems like they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. that there are these learning curves, which I just think is really, really fun to watch. Yeah. And that's another time where I sort of felt like she totally transformed how she did her job because yeah. she was able to absorb what was around her, which was, and you guys were just hysterically funny. Anyway. I know, we had so much fun. Really I know, good. and I think that actually that, her, that learning curve You have to check with someone who really knows these things, but I think that Arizona is at present the most highly decorated slash board certified. I believe she might have on the show. I think she might have. She has like seventy five. She might have beat Addison because Addison has five. Still, actually, know what department I am? Like, am am I now? Am I? I think. I think. Am I neonatal? You could kind of do anything. I could do anything. I could do it. I I think rocket scientist. Because now Karev has peds, so I think I float. I You're do a lot of stuff. I'm a floater. You're just a professional a smarty pants. Floater. That's basically what you are. Yeah, it's me. So, um, Jay Capita. Jay Capedia. I'm not wearing my glasses. Wrong emphasis on the Jay Capedia at Jay Capedia wants to know if you had to pay, play a flashback episode yeah. and explore something from Az's past, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Well, I guess if you had a time machine, wouldn't you have loved to see Aaron like high school? Oh, my God. That would be so great. Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be so great. It would have to be fun. So you I could play yourself. Time machine. Time machine. A number of people sort of like McDimples also really leaned into this one too, who's a big fan. Well, and by the way, just to, to put a little spin on the, the reason I think I would love to see her in high school is because I, I would love to see someone, you know, what I love about Arizona and I also struggle with because I figure that just not, there's no way that there's such a person that exists, but she's so confident about everything. But like truly from the very beginning, her sexuality, her, there's never been a moment of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't want to right? be this. Maybe I, maybe someone's going to think something of me because I am this. Like it's just been with, a hundred percent certitude that she exists, she is, and 
there's zero problem about it. There's nothing, there's no, it's just nothing. It's just always been with such ease. And so I would love to see that person in high school because high school is where you're so rife with lack of confidence or figuring out who you are and oh everything else. So I, w- I wonder what that was like for her. If she just always had it, you know? <laughs> that's really interesting. It's because most of us, that's where the die is cast for most of us in right? terms of how we deal with conflict and obstacles. I've just always had this feeling like Arizona popped out of the womb. Fully formed. With her little fists clenched, like going, <laughs> yeah. I'm here. Yeah. It's like, She's I don't game. know how this happened, but I'm game. She's game. And I know what I like and I know what I want to do. Yep. Lex at Calzona's Remedy wants to know favorite episode of the season. Uh, Olive also wants to know that. I quite like doing the prison episode because it was just sort of outside the box. I love the prison episode so much. And I love working with Chandra and Camilla so much. So it was like, it was nice to have like a, we were like a little satellite and it was nice to have sort of a small. Oh yeah. Well, I couldn't keep that up with my four children at home, but. It was really fun to do. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys, what happened with that episode is there have been a number of episodes a season where people have actually done the lion's share of the episode. And normally on a Grey's Anatomy episode, we sprinkle many different plot lines through. But on these really, really concentrated ones, the actors who are at the center of it really, really have to work long hours. Yeah. So that was a lot for you, as I remember. Yeah, but we had fun. Um, Melissa Lynn wants to know... Mayor than trash, <laughs> just great. What was your favorite thing about Ellen Pompeo directing? Oh my gosh, she was so incredible with the actors. You know, she she has a different access point because of what it is that she has been trained to do and what she has the experience in being really good at. And so when she was talking to you about what she wanted in a scene, she just had a completely different vocabulary. She wasn't a director first, she was an actor first. She had thought about how she wanted the scenes to go and she understood the geography of them. But then when she came in with the intention, she had a much more specific way of saying, like, this is what I want. And the way she did it really, really helped you understand. And, you know, I got to say, I just love that girl. And when someone that you care about wants something to do well and and gives you a direction, you just have a different feeling about it. There's a shorthanded. So you're like, yes, whatever you want. Yes. Yeah, she, she directed the hell out of that thing. Oh, so fantastic. She's so funny. And she's so sort of self-deprecating about it, too. Because oh, I yeah. reached out, after I saw her, I kind of reached out. I was like, oh my God, this was amazing. And she was like, yeah, lucky, huh? Which I was like, no, you did a really good job. I know, I know, I know, I know. Like bottom line, really super talented. Um, Camilla L. News at Camilla L. News wants to know, what's it like working with Marika? I love working with Marika. I knew, I know Marika. I've known her for a long time. I met her because of Scott, her husband. And that's television Scott Foley. That's for television Scott know. Foley. And we had hangouts, you know, like, I mean, dinners with the kids and this, that, and the other. I love her. She's got opinions and she's smart and she's strong and she's funny and she's self-deprecating and she's beautiful and she's just a whole lot of stuff and so when she came to work on the show I was really excited because you know when you're playing in a relationship with someone you know you like to think oh I can do this with anybody right like you can make anything work but it's so much nicer when you have like a really great fun person that's like game to do it all and and she couldn't have been more thrilled to be here and she was so excited about the job and and I really obviously tapped into that because that's how I felt at the beginning yeah I still feel that way now but you know just that excitement and just feeling really lucky to have this be your job she's such a funny girl too she's very funny she's really funny we came very close to casting her in a pilot last year and we all got to see her work kind of because she auditioned a few times and Shonda and I both like totally fell in love with her it was one of those things where I loved her as a person anyway because we'd hung out with mm-hmm. her but you see this totally other side because she's super balls out as yes an she is like, she's no fear I'm simple but better at Hunt McKid wants to you can you describe Justin Chambers in one word there's no I can't in one word 
he's lovable. Lovable would be a good word. He's so dear. He's so kind. He's like a big brother. He's like a little scallywag. Like you could totally get into trouble with him. <laughs> um, and he was one of the he's first so people that fun. I worked with. I have such a dear place, you know, in my heart for him. And I, I think he's just lovable. He's great. I got to say, Justin Chambers, I do not know one person who doesn't I've love him. ever met who doesn't love him. It's true. Because he is just pure joy to me. Like he, he is. is. He is. He totally he's is. He's super non-judgy. He does yell at me because I swear too much. That's the one thing I will give him. <sighs> But he's just like, you. why do you do that? He's also, he's, he, he, like I said, he gets into trouble. He giggles. We sit next to each other at table reads. We always, you always do, we too. Do. Oh, you do. always sit next to each other. But he's the worst because he, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I'm like the good girl. So I'm always like, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm like, talk during class. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, something will make him laugh or something. And he'll like, he'll just always like, he just makes me laugh. He just makes me laugh. He'll like roll his eyes or he'll do something. It makes me laugh every time. He's, he's the best. Um, and finally, Caitlin at Anatomy underscore Grays wants to know, what's the biggest challenge of balancing your work and your family? I've said this before, but I'll say it again. It's just not a balance. It's a compromise. At one point, I mean, you know, you mentioned the prison episode and how much we worked. I went to my family and I said, I love you all dearly. My body will be in this bed at night. And I will, I mean, thank God for technology. I mean, between FaceTime and I mean, I'm someone who being type A, I control everything. So I've got my hands on everything that the kids do and everything else. But I was at work for 10 days straight for 12 hours a day. And if you do the math, you're not at home. So there was no balance in that. I was all work during that time. That being said, when that episode was over, and as you mentioned, we have so many other characters, there was someone else that was leading the charge in terms of the storytelling. I was all in at home. And so again, it wasn't really a balance. I wasn't half the time at work and half the time at home. And you make that work. And then if you see something that's out of joint, whether it be at work where someone feels like they need more from you or they need less of you or <laughs> something like that, then you hope and you trust that you're working with people who can come to you and say, oof, I'm a little worried about this. And then you can have a conversation about it. Yeah. And the same thing at home. I mean, even though the kids are young, I know them backwards and forwards. So if something's going on, I know about it. Same thing with my husband. Um, and you just stay you stay connected. I mean, I think it's about connectivity and I think that it's in a worldview. I think that what I've realized a lot lately is that you have to be surrounded by people who give you the benefit of the doubt, who are on your side. And if there's an issue, they come to you first and say, I'm having an issue because some really crazy wonky things happen when that doesn't happen. That's for sure. And so I think that that is sort of a really long-winded answer to, I don't really believe, and balance is a lovely thing to aspire to. I just don't know that it's necessarily completely realistic. No, I know what you mean. And I think part of it is this whole kind of concept of having it all, you know, the old fashioned yes. having it all. And this, the thing is, honestly, you can't. No. So I think it's also knowing yourself well enough to know when you can't do everything that's being asked of you and being honest about that. I think it's so interesting these days with, you know, the social media being what it is. I think of Instagram all the time because as I sit there and scroll through what people that I follow are doing, yeah, me too. it's always funny because you're like, everybody's else, everybody else's life looks so full of Doesn't it? balance. <laughs> And these it? fabulous things that everybody's doing. Do you know people bake, apparently? <laughs> I just discovered this on Instagram. See, if I've baked the day that I bake, whenever, whatever day that is out of the 365, then this year, I'm going to take a picture of You're it. You're damn right you are. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram's changed my life because I never do it. And now I'm like, well, damn you people. Everyone will think I'm a baker. Right? From my one baking picture. And your one baking picture. All on your recipe. Yes, all my recipes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. 
Thank you so much for coming and doing this. It's so nice Thank to you. see you. you. Okay, so next week on Grey's Anatomy, the episode's called In the Air Tonight. It's very, very aptly named. It involves a plane, two of our cast members on a plane, and that's all I'm going to tell you, except you really can't miss it because some big crap goes down here. I'll tell you, I'm not on the plane. By the way, you know who's not on the plane? You know who's home actually baking? Yep. Is baking. Mizzy Capshaw mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. So that's me. But you were definitely not on that plane. I'm not on that plane. Um, scandal. Neither are snakes. No, they're not they're snakes not on, the on the plane either. There's no snakes. So the two big I'm spoiler alerts much are, more than you are Jessica Capshaw is not on the plane. Snakes are not on the plane. No. The two characters are on the plane. Yep. Now this is Thursday, April 13th at 8 p.m. on ABC. Scandal. You guys, it's the 100th episode of Scandal <gasps> on oh! April 13th. Oh, that's awesome. At 9 o'clock on ABC. Awesome. It's called The Decision. This episode is so good and it's so different. And if you're a Scandal fan, you will enjoy it so much because... It is like a love letter to the fans, I think. So mm -hmm. even if you're not a fan, you deserve a love letter. I deserve a love letter, too. We all yeah. do. Cece so should watch it. For sure. And at 10 o'clock on Thursday, April 13th, The Catch, this is a wonderful episode. You'll learn a lot about the past of these characters on this episode, and you all really should watch it. It's really fun. Thanks to all of you for listening, and especially those of you who subscribe to the podcast on iTunes.com backslash Shondaland. And as always, a special thanks to EW.com for posting an exclusive first listen of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, EW. And we will be back again with another new podcast in two weeks with another very special guest from one of our TGIT shows. In the meantime, this is Betsy Beer saying thank you very much for listening, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>